It's taken me a while to be able to talk about this. Um, I think it's taken me a long while just to kind of process it. And I'm guilty of like bottling it up. So I get that Mountain Dew theory of the pop bottle and having the lid on it real tight and just end up where you're going to explode because you have to release trauma and things. Trauma is things that are really detrimental to your health. They're scary, uh, disturbing that you experience in life. And this is not a joke at all. And this has been really hard for me to talk about. But my psychiatrist is like, you need to release yourself of this um, for you. For you, for peace. You know, because we're working on peace and calm. And this is part of your life that you have got to let go. And maybe you'll help other people along the way to understand it's okay to get this amount of pressure off your shoulders that you're bottling up. It's like you're literally, as you said, it's like a gift and you just got this packaged up really, really, really wound tight. And the long-term effects of what happened, what I experienced is that I'm realizing that I'm pushing people away, um, that I meet good people because I um, don't trust people because the person who did this to me should be like always on my side and I should trust and doing something that they did um, and then turn around and hide it, try to legally hide it. If it wasn't for a divorce attorney that um, I sat down with and was going over our separation agreement and things like this, and it was the end of summer, and they pulled some things. Um, just looking for other things, they pulled some disturbing things going on. Because um, I had explained that our marriage um, was already rocky. Um, Eric had underlying issues, and he knows it, that he needed to address and get help with. And, um, you know, it is what it is. But I was already going, dealing with, you know, a rocky marriage. And then I'm dealing, I realized with one individual particularly, that was just um, the terminology ganged up um, constantly. Uh, constantly having to look over my back, look over my shoulder. I was on eggshells all the time. Uh, it started me going to mental health providers more frequently. I was explaining what was going on. Um, they were absolutely shocked. They helped me as best they could, but even they said, you have to get this, however you need to do it. Journal, whatever whatever you're doing, blog, whatever, you gotta get this off of your shoulders because this is gonna haunt you for the rest of your life. Um, but I realize now what I experience is making me not trust people at all. Um, and people that I meet good souls, you know, it's, I've not had one person say you're very guarded. And I tell them I've gone through a lot. And um, it's made me into a different person. I don't even know who and recognize pictures of who I used to be before all this went down. I don't. That person's like long gone. And it's mourning who you used to be. And it's not fair. It's not right because somebody took it away from you. And this is not a joke. The problem, biggest problem I have is I did not defend myself enough. Um, I should have went full force. I didn't do it. I allowed this person to literally control me and corner me and as per someone said, mob-like behavior. A mob gangs up. They don't stop until they got you where they want you. 
You know, they'll control how you feel, think everything, every move. They'll put you on eggshells. They'll constantly make it to where you're constantly. I was dealing with cancer treatments while I was dealing with this. I was constantly in court. Every time I turn around, I have a doorbell ringing. Um, I'm constantly having to go to court. And I got to the point where, honestly, this person who did all this, they literally covered it up, had an attorney just basically erase what the problem was. The divorce attorney said, you can erase all you want, but the other person involved in this matters is you. And some of it was Eric um, that also got ganged up on. And the problem is that stuff never goes away. You know, they can erase their part, but they can't erase what they did to you on your end. You would have to have that legally removed. And uh, me and Eric both decided, no, we're not. You know, um, Eric went through a false arrest. Um, this is bad. This is bad. This needs to be said. This was a family member who did all this. Um, I ended up having to hire an attorney who was a standing judge and quickly get Eric, Eric turned himself in and, uh, quickly get Eric out of jail and go to the prosecutor. Hey, listen, this is altered documents, doc, doctored stuff. This is falsified stuff. You know, these two have been ganged up on the same individual here for a long while. I'm dealing with stuff with my marriage, and all this is doing is causing more problems. It was like a two-liter of Mountain Dew ready to explode. If somebody was going to explode. Um, the long-term effects of dealing with all this, um, I don't have the proper terminology. I don't think I ever will for remainder of my life. Uh, disturbing, horrifying. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm scared to death this person. I'm scared to death this person. I never want to be around this person because the things that I've read and the things that they've done and, and who they are to me is, is just as scary. Um, it's changed me forever and not in a, in a, you know, I lost that happy person, that person I used to be. I was constantly having to look underneath my shoulders. I had a sheriff one time come to the house. I'm not joking. On this restraining order, he said, I don't know how we do restraining orders. You can't even, you don't even see this person. You're not even talking to him. Well, that's Ohio because we don't do that in Indiana. You know, we don't go throwing restraining orders around. That's for serious stuff. You know, family matters need to be handled. Family matters outside courtrooms and throwing restraining orders out constantly. That's not what we do. Um, I'm sorry. I told him, I, I literally, you know, Eric's like, we just need to get out of the state and get away from this dysfunction because it's not healthy and um, I was seeing a psychologist in state it was like you just need to just change your name and do everything and you need to just go and no forwarding address and go um and that was my greatest mistake in my life that I didn't do it before things got worse because as you said it's going to get a lot worse you know and the other way it's going to stop is when people pass with time or illness or age you know it's never going to stop because you can't control the person doing the stuff. They got to be willing to stop. But first of all, sit themselves down. For whatever reason, they're doing this stuff. You know, it's getting downright scary. And it did. It got horrifying. Um, this is not a joke. This is not a lie. And um, if it wasn't for his attorney who literally... You know, it's like, I'm just going to get transcripts of everything. I want you to read everything, you know, take time. It took me months to read everything. I didn't want to read a lot of stuff. Uh, one individual tried to restraining order on me, and who they were to me was just sad. 
I hadn't even spoke to them. They called me. I hadn't seen them or anything in years. No, you try to get a restraining order? For what? You didn't even talk to me. We haven't talked in eons. I saw you one time at a funeral. And I didn't say anything. Because I had nothing to say. Because I was so broken hearted that you would like, literally just, restraining orders aren't meant for family dysfunction. And neither are courtrooms. That's where counselor offices and therapists, for my psychiatrist, that's where that belongs. Is everybody sits down and they work over the problems. Because if not, stuff like this continues on and on and on. You know, somebody's going to end up committing suicide. That came from an attorney and a psychiatrist. And I'm glad, Kimberly, that you're not that kind of person. But this is going to topple somebody. Um, and what Eric was going through, we were already having problems. And he was already having some issues on his own. It could have toppled him. It was a dangerous game played. And it was a game. I had a captain of a police department in Ohio, I guess that's what the head honchos called, that told me to stay the hell away from them. Um, we've dealt with enough. I mean, I've seen my fair share, and you stay away. And I'm sorry, but, you know, you got to stay away from the family dysfunction because this is not normal what's going on. Um, please stay away. I don't know you, but please stay away. Um, I ended up getting an officer in trouble with the false arrest on Eric. It got an officer in trouble. Um... <laughs> you know, it had put me for years. I'm not going to lie. I got severe anxiety. That's what started all that. Um, me and Eric were already dealing with problems with the marriage. He had, I'm just going to say, my per therapist, he has his own demons. He has his own demons he needs to deal with. And nobody can get him to get help. He's got to deal with his own demons. But when you have somebody doing the things going on, and family dysfunction starts going into actions that are very downright scary and can be detrimental to people. You know, you could push someone into suicide. Oh. Then it started getting serious. Um, my psychiatrist is like, I don't understand why you haven't sp spoken about this and talked about this. I said, because I was constantly threatened to shut up. I was constantly berated and threatened to shut up. And I realized I had to shut that door on that person because I didn't know who the hell they were. And what things that they were putting me through, especially going through treatment, knowing I was sick was scary. And one time I was at court, I had to bring treatment that I was going through just to flush my GI tract down, which is what they use for colonoscopies. Um, I believe this was right before I started going through oncology treatments. I could be wrong. It was right after. I don't know. But the judge saw through it. And he took all of us in the chamber of family and sat down and, and uh, gave a lesson about his brother and going through cancer. The judge wanted to understand that his courtroom and no courtroom is a place for family dysfunction and that you should respect and treat and support family. And family should be family. And if you have issues and things, you need to work them and work on them. Um, and doing things like what was going on um, as per my psychiatrist is abusing the court system and, um, abusing restraining orders. 
for, as he said, things that aren't restraining orders are used for. They're for serious things, serious matters. Not because you feel a certain way towards a family member or you feel this way or they, this, this, or this. He said everybody has a right to feel, express themselves, no matter what platform or where it's at or it's in a group or it's on a phone or whoever, whatever. You know, my psychiatrist, we realized that people are going to say things and people are going to talk and allow them because that's them. But you know your value at the end of the day and who you are as a person. So don't mind that. People will continue always talking about people. That's life in general. But we don't threaten and do things that could be harmful to people's health and their life because we don't like hearing what we've done to somebody that was hurtful. And things like this happened, and it's real. And um, I'll never attend another funeral for the rest of my life. Um, I don't want to be around it. I don't want to be around the individual. Um, they've had a billion opportunities for my psychiatrist. They need to get. They need to sit down with themselves. They need to get help and sit down with the therapist and figure out what made them possess them to do the extreme what they did. Um, well, they needed to make it right with you a long time ago, and they're not going to. They don't want you around them. It's not healthy, and don't trust it. I don't want you around this individual. You know, I don't believe they'll ever get the help and figure themselves out or why they would do the things they did, but it played a critical part in making a marriage that was already rocky a million times worse. Um... I was constantly looking over my shoulders, constantly on the edge, and I'm trying to go through treatment. Did it play a part in my health? Yes. Um, it, it's not what I think, it's what my specialists think and know, because as they said, that kind of high-driven stress constantly, looking over your shoulder and that, and coming from a family member, and then being ganged up, you know, every avenue, they're trying to, as my psychiatrist said, trying to uh, recruit people to go against you. You have one person say, act like the world's against you. Per my psychiatrist, you don't have to act like it. This person's recruiting to make it because it's factual. Look what's going on. You know, and then shutting you down, not allowing you to have any feelings or emotions or anything. As you said, plenty of dysfunction out there in the world. There's plenty of strange families. There's plenty of bad family dynamics. And everybody's allowed to talk about it. We write about it. We write books about it. We put magazine articles about it. We make comedy shows about it. We do speeches at the Oscars about it. We talk about it because you have to. You need to. It's healthy. And everybody goes through some type of family dysfunction. But what we don't do is take it to extreme that you and Eric were subjected to and you experienced. Um, it's made me not trust people. Now that the fog has cleared, and I've read every transcript, and I've read every word individual and individuals have said, um, and a lot of it was really hurtful, and I would lie to say that I wasn't extremely upset, um, shaking, just like, who is this person? Who are you? Um, I'd have my therapist get a copy to read it so they could understand and help me where they are now. We're getting to this point, as I said, is the whole point of therapy right now, is we have to realize and get you to peace and calm because your life's not been that way. And it's not 
that you're doing because these actions and behavior were not a choice by you. This individual made that for you. They did this stuff and this stuff's real and it's scary. Um, psychologist and psychiatrist is scary and I told him I'm scared to death of this person. I'm scared to death of this person. And he said, you should be. I mean, I'm sick and they're trying to lock me up. Um, you had a judge who tried to explain that family dysfunction things don't belong in court and then they turn around and filed a contempt to try to get me and Eric locked up in jail while I'm still under oncology care. And it got intercepted by the same court. And once again, the judge took it over and it got thrown out. And what they did is, per my domestic or domestic violence, but my attorney, well, she deals with domestic violence too, she's a spokesperson, but uh, let's just say um, someone in Ohio got a hold of and got the transcripts and everything and read it and said, I need you to read this stuff sometime. Um, they tried to lock you and Eric up and then they had it erased so nobody'd see it, but it's still there because you have to race it on you and Eric's end. And that's gonna take an attorney. I asked Eric, do you wanna do it? You know, you wanna get this erased? I asked him at one point and he said, no, let it stay there for everybody to see, you know? As Eric said, family put me through hell. They put me through hell. Um, When I met Eric, I was already sick. What I wasn't dealing with was mental health illness, um, anxiety, depression, and stress, insomnia from the stress. Um, the doorbell would ring, a knock at the door. Um, it is a trigger. It still is for me. Um, it puts me on the edge. Uh, it has definitely caused um, big-time mental health problems that some things I'm just not gonna get into. But I'm a strong-ass woman and I'm mentally strong and that's what's gotten me to, to stay and stand firm on my feet and not be stupid. I'm gonna say this myself. Um, not be stupid and make poor decisions. I'm talking about for myself. Um, because I'm a fighter, you know, if I didn't wanna live, I wouldn't have chose oncology treatments, you know. I went through those treatments for my fur kids. You know, I didn't want them without their mama. You know, that's the truth, but it's needs, this needed to come out. This needed to come to light because as my psychiatrist said, you need to get this out and I don't care how you do it. This needs to be said and told. And as a lesson, as he said, because we need to understand that no family, and there's plenty of family dysfunctional dynamics, but not many get this severe, but we need to be an example in the public when we go through things is not feel like we have to continue hiding them because this person was forcing you to hide it. You need to feel free to express yourself. That's your right. A judge knew it and everybody knows it, you know? No. Head of police departments knew, you know, standing judges knew. You know, everybody knows you have that right. And a courtroom is not a place for family matters at all. It gets worked inside a counselor's office. Um, as you said, you know, it goes into a family counselor psychiatrist's office is where it goes. Um, when family dysfunction goes for long periods of time. Um, you know, mind you, me and Eric, Mary going through all this family. His side, there's two sides, family. I know I'll listen to this podcast over and over again until the day I'm dead. It's the truth. 
because I think the times when I start feeling really low, like during the holidays, and it's been hard. Um, I try not to get upset because I'm not going to let that person win. But what you did has caused me so much pain mentally. Um, I've never done that stuff to you, and I never did. And you did. I'll never forget it. Um, I'm making peace with what happened for me because I need peace and to make peace with things that were so crazy. Um, it's taken a hell of a lot of counseling and it's not been easy, but how would you have felt if I did all this stuff to you? How would you have felt if you were in my shoes and I did all this stuff to you? How would you felt if I did all this stuff to you? Look at all the stuff you did and you didn't stop. You were ruthless. How would you felt if I did that all to you? I know how you felt. Your life would have changed forever. And that person you were would be gone. I'm not the person I am. I go look at this picture and it's the truth. People say that be proud of yourself as you change and evolved and grown. You're not that person anymore because, you know, with time and that, and that, that's not true. Um, in my situation, I grieve for the person and the picture that was happy and had a happy life and didn't realize that there was continued illness ahead, you know. Um, I didn't have disability revision, all that stuff. Well, I had started not feeling well, you know. But I never knew what was ahead of me. But I never knew the people and individual with what you've done. I would never, ever, could never look in a crystal ball and imagine you would have done these things. I'm glad for a judge, stand attorneys that were judges, um, um, head haunches of police department, and those that be, he just told me this isn't normal. No. This isn't normal. We don't see this stuff. But this ain't love. And it's not family. And this person's got to get it right. And never did. I've made peace and move on for me. Um, but I try not to say this stuff that happened is going to try not to say it's going to haunt me for life. That would be a lie to say that. Um, because it will. Um, I just don't believe in funerals. Um, I don't want to be around it. Um, I'll be honest is, uh, I don't believe in love. I don't believe that people truly love people. Um, because if love is doing and hurting somebody the way that I was hurt and the things that I endured while I was sick, if that's love, I don't believe in it. And I don't think I ever will. Now, I'm at this part of my life where the fog has cleared. I'm not going through constant high-driven anxiety and stress per psychiatrist. And now you're at this calm part we're beginning on. The fog is cleared and now you're seeing what happened. And you're coming to terms and grips of what happened because you never had a chance because you're constantly being silenced. In any way possibly could happen. And that wasn't right. Cruel.
is a word the psychiatrist used and scary. And the holidays just are intensifying everything for me. I just want to get through the holidays. Um, I do things that I need to do and I keep busy. And you know, when my body's exhausted like today, I'm still keeping busy because I want to not think about that stuff. But I realize this evening I need to think about it because here I am brushing it off again. If I don't come to grips for my psychiatrist and face head on, get those transcripts out and read verbatim every word. When you question yourself, this person really did this to me. Yes, I did. On more than a few occasions, restraining orders aren't to be taken lightly. They're not to be used lightly. We don't take people in the court system that are friends or acquaintances or this and this to have them do things or pay them off or give them this or give them that. And that's just a roundabout, as a psychiatrist said, way of life. We don't do that. It's mob-like behavior. And that's scary. Scary. But I have to come to grips in terms. Because um, this kind of stuff, you know, you have to make some kind of, I don't think I'll ever make sense of it. Um, but somebody said, would you do this stuff to them? I said, no. Because that could push somebody to kill themselves. And I don't want that on my conscience. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm just glad I was strong enough to be able to handle it. But I don't know if Eric was. I tend to think some things that were transpiring and this is coming from psychiatrists, were as a result of this stuff that he went through. Because it was traumatic. But that don't make it right. They don't take it out on somebody else. Especially, you know, I was there to support him. Um, I don't know if he'll ever understand that or get it. But what we both encountered by the same individual is damn scary as hell. Um... I can't say it enough, um, but the lesson was podcast because um, I don't know if I ever want to talk about this again, but I needed to release this for me because it's been built up like a pop bottle, you know, with the lid so tightly you wouldn't be able to get it off if you tried. It's just going to explode on its own, but I needed to release this because um, at, this, at this calm part, I need to maintain calm. Then I will get to, as therapist, peace. Um, sometime we'll get there. Right now we're in acceptance that this stuff and this transcript happened. And we don't take for granted the court system. We don't misuse it. You know, we don't take restraining orders out of spite. Um, we don't throw things and do things. Um, we allow people the right to feel, to have feelings, emotions, and understand that no family's perfect. And there's a lot of dysfunction, a lot of the strange families, and a lot of people talk about it, and that's perfectly healthy. The people that don't want you to talk about it are the people that did the actions. And usually, as per psychiatrists, are the ones that are causing the hurt. They want you to silence because they don't want people to know, listen, I did this. And this I know in my mind is wrong. So I'm going to do whatever it takes to silence you and to shut you up. So you never, ever will be able to talk about it. And that's a lot to hold inside. And people explode. I was smart enough, wise enough to know that I needed to work on this with the professional, with the psychiatrist. And that was part of why I got referred by my psychologist to someone at a greater sense, as she said, that it's going to need to help you. Because this is traumatic things that I've not really dealt a lot with. 
um, that needs to be addressed right away because this could really affect you gravely, your internal health. Um, I'm hoping by releasing this that I won't feel like that person that's like, you know, all I could say is like I did. Um, the analogy I use is, you know, going through things I have as a caged animal is you keep doing things and eventually the caged animal, you know, is not nice, you know. And uh, I don't want to have, I feel like, this anger. I don't want to have it the rest of my life. Um, when I feel angry, like I said, I do is I do something nice out in the public for people I don't know. Whether it's saying something nice, a compliment on something somebody's wearing, or just using manners or decency. Um, you know, you're at McDonald's buy the person behind you something, you know, if you've got some extra money or something, you know, give, you know, um, different ways to give in the community where I live. That's helped me. I have to remember when I get angry and mad because of what I went through and so angry and mad um, that I have to free myself and I do things that are nice because I feel like I have to give something back. That's the way that I have dealt with it for years. Um, this is not a joke, folks. This is real. This is as real as real can get. It did not help a marriage that was already fragile. Um, my biggest mistake I ever did when I got married to Eric is that, um, first of all, I really didn't know him. Um, secondly, is I told him we should never tell anybody we got married because I don't want people to interfere again. It had interference in my last marriage. I did have interference. Um, one individual that, and, and you know who you are, you interfered in that marriage too. I didn't want to deal with it. Um, that was a mistake, as letting people know. That's not to say we wouldn't have had problems in our marriage, because um, I don't think Eric really wanted to be married. I'm not sure why he got married, and I may never know that. Um, I'm working with making peace with things that had happened, and not so nice things within the marriage and um, at a point stage in my life is I would never got married if it wasn't forever a sickness in the health and he knew I was going through medically and um, that weighs on me too. Um, I'm not going to be a two liter of Mountain Dew, let's just say. There's enough people in the world walking around like that and I'm not going to contribute to another two liter on the shelf that's got shaken and somebody puts it back there. Um, I'm freeing myself, and this is hard, and this was damn hard to talk about. And I know this is going to shock the, a lot of people, but I think a lot of people already knew. Um, my cousin said a lot of people already knew. But Kimberly, you got to talk about this sometime because, you know, my family's no better, and I journal about my dysfunction, and you don't realize that how many people you help. And she's similar to where she likes to... Um, like she said, when I'm dealing with depression, she deals for, with depression from family dysfunction, and she calls it just highly driven dynamics that aren't okay. And she said, I try to, try to do nice things. Um, and she donates and things online and clothing. She collects and things like that with her church. But as she said, this is something you got to release. Um, give your gift, the greatest gift before Christmas, and you got to do this for yourself, you know. It's about doing this for you, but you got to get it off your chest, you know. Um, but I think people already know, but I'll never be okay, you know. 
I got to get to the point where I don't trust people. I don't trust people. Um, I got a real damn good reason why. Many. Um, but I got to get to that point. My guards are so high on new people I meet. I'm just waiting for them to do something to me. And is that normal to feel that way? It's not. But per my psychiatrist, it is because look what you went through. The person that should have and never, ever do those things you went through and should have, I mean, never, ever, if they can do that to you, then if you're in your mind. A stranger could do that to me as well. So you're on guard, extremely on guard. You're guarded. So we'll work to get to that point. But I had to release this, you know. Um, I really did. Um, if a judge didn't see what was going on and saw dysfunctional family stuff being brought inside courtroom over and over again and things were not okay and should never happen and should never have been taken advantage of, um, this person would have been successful in having me locked up because I was expressing myself of family dysfunction and things without using names and in general. When the judge knew that, he saw my blog, he saw the podcast, and he had it open right there on his laptop in his chambers. And that's where the lesson should have been learned and families should have got counseling, but it only got worse. Um, and for those asking, no, I haven't. I've stayed my distance um, and I moved on. But mentally and emotionally, I'm just now starting to heal because the fog finally cleared. But I'm glad I have a psychiatrist and professional help me along the way. And uh, I'm glad to be on medicine for anxiety now. And uh, people who took the time to talk to me that saw what was going on and uh, told me it's okay you know, to walk away. It's going to be hurtful, but you have to. Because you know, this stuff's not normal. Uh, as time I needed to be released and this is you know for me so I can start the road and continue ahead no matter how long it takes to heal because um, it's a hell of a lot to heal from I just can't imagine sitting in a jail cell because I talked about family dysfunction and used no names and I'm sitting in a jail cell <laughs> while I'm going through oncology treatments and while I'm sick can you imagine? Professionals did. And it scared them to the core. Imagine how I feel. You know? That's anything. This podcast, I'm going to say this is for me. Uh, this is also for therapists and professionals, medical professionals who have the link. And if they want to ever go on, um, is this just a lesson for society? Oh, um, family. I have a family and Eric has a family and family did this. Um, I don't need to use names. This stuff happened. It's real. Um, everything got thrown out. Um, and um, I'm still just in, um, like I said, fog has cleared and still in disbelief when you read things. And it's hurtful. I don't think hurtful is a word. It cuts right through you with somebody who would do that. Knowing you're sick, I'd never do that to you. No way, cold day in hell. Even cold day in hell, and hell's hell. I don't care if it's the deepest depth of hell. There's no way I'd do that to you. No way. I got a problem with you. 
and I can't work it out, and we go to the counselor's office, then we respectfully walk our way. But at least I try. But you didn't even sit in the counselor's office. Instead, you did things that could have killed me. Or somebody could have ended up taking their life. Eric could have, like, I mean, you just don't do that stuff. Don't do that stuff. It's not okay. It'll never be okay. Till my dying breath will never be okay. But you better bet your butt I'm going to make peace. And I'll continue therapy for the rest of my life if that's what it takes to make peace with it. But everybody going through family dysfunction and things like that, um, please get a family. Uh, as my psychiatrist said, there's plenty of family counseling groups that will sit a unit down no matter what family dynamic you're going through that will sit down and work as a family group to work through the dysfunction. So there can be, um, as he said, we learn to get along or we learn to just leave each other alone. We walk away. But you can't sit there and say anybody's tried if you haven't got counseling and try to work it out in the first place. But you can't do the things that he saw and read that happened to myself and Eric. As he said, that puts a point of scary and cruel. And, um, he don't, you know, as he said, I don't want Eric around either. But uh, Eric, no, mm-mm, no. Um, we talked about our marriage and stuff. That's one thing he said. If family wouldn't have done all this stuff, you know, I would have probably been a little bit different towards you. Maybe. I'll never know. Because what's done is done. I'm just picking up, clearing the fog, and I'm picking up the pieces and trying to make sense. But most importantly, at this point of realizing calm and with medication, trying to help me for the anxiety from all of it and the problems of the marriage that definitely it contribute to. And I work hard weekly, more than one session with my psychiatrist to realize somewhere down the road before my end of time, some kind of peace.